Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today I am here with my sweet new friend, um, Bree, and she is the current Miss Alabama, and she's going to talk to us about being a state title holder and her experience at Miss America. So Bree, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, well, hello. As Elizabeth said, my name is Brianna Burrell, and I have the honor of serving and representing as Miss Alabama 2023, a part of the Miss America organization and opportunity. And I'm just so lucky to be here and so blessed to have this opportunity. Um, I'm from Mobile, Alabama. Um, I graduated from the University of South Alabama, go Jacks. And after my year of service, I'll be going to get my master's of education at the University of Alabama. Um, this is about my second year competing and being a state title holder is something that has truly changed my life, um, opened so many doors for myself, but also given me the opportunity to open so many other doors for other people, um, because I've truly had the opportunities to fulfill the pillars of this organization where service and scholarship are at the forefront um, of a lot of the work that we do, but also having fun with the sisterhood and the style, making sure that each woman in this organization feels like she has a voice to present herself and who she truly is. And so i um, very honored to be here, honored to be speaking with my new friend, Elizabeth, um, but just, yeah, very excited for my year, my months as Miss Alabama as we go to crown a new one in June. So I have a couple more months as Miss Alabama, but um, just coming from Miss America, that it was a dream come true in and of itself. And I'm just excited to see what all this opportunity uh, continues to award me and um, I get to give back to uh, this opportunity. So very grateful, very, very grateful. I love it. I love it. And I guess I didn't realize that you only been competing for two years, which always just blows my mind whenever, um, you know, state title holders are like, yeah, it's my first year. I don't know. I just won. Or like, it was my second year. It just yeah. won. Um, so talk to us about how you got started in pageantry in general. Yes. So um, I didn't grow up doing pageants. As I just said, um, I did one in high school and that was like with some serious um, uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some serious encouragement. That's what I'll yeah. say. Um, and I won that one, but I was like, okay, cool. I'm done. That's, you know, I got my crown and I'm getting out of town. That's it. Um, and I took a long break. And after college, I graduated in 21 and I was working as a STEM teacher for the Boys and Girls Club. I was literally sitting in the lobby, working on my curriculum, waiting for the kids to join. And my sister calls me and she was like, hey, um, you're still looking for like scholarship money, right? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, okay, I'm about to send you this preliminary. It's a pageant and they give scholarship money. And I'm like, okay, now that's all she said. She didn't say it was a Miss Alabama. It was a Miss America thing. So when I, when she sends it and I look at it and I'm like, local preliminary for what? And I click on the website and it's Miss Alabama. And I'm looking, I'm like, is she serious? She wants me to do Miss Al She wants me to do like Miss America. What? You're like, so this like, feels too big. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why do you want me to do Miss America? She was like, because you can be her. You can be Miss America. You can be Miss Alabama and you need scholarship money. You're not one to turn down like a challenge or an opportunity. I really think you should do it. You already have a community service project. You already have a talent. Like 
why not? And it's those words of why not? It's like encouragement, but also like go big or go home. And so before I do anything, I sat down and I prayed about it. I talked to my parents about it. And thankfully, I have parents that um, whatever journey or excursion that I take them on, they support me wholeheartedly and 100%. So they're like, yeah, this is new for you. But if you want to do it, we're behind you. I'm like, all right. And from there started my entire journey within the Miss America opportunity. I signed up for Miss Mobile Bay, which is in my hometown, and I won. I was very surprised, but I won. And I'm like, okay, this is this is serious. Let me go. Yeah, let's roll up my sleeves. And my director, uh, Larry Andrews, he was a godsend because he had so much experience in this organization and he truly prepared me from top to bottom, like with interview, with walking, with opening number, with my onstage questions, preparing me for that, um, expanding my community service and working on my talent, literally every facet um, I could even imagine of this or opportunity. He prepared me and my first year, I went to Miss Alabama and placed first runner-up. And that's something like a lot of people, after that was over, they were coming up to me and they're like, who are you? Where did you come from? <laughs> I'm like, we don't know you. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm just here. I want to have a good time, make an impact. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, she's the girl to look out for. And then, of course, I came back. <laughs> Yes, yes, that is. I'm like, guess, am I? I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm just me. Fun, you guys. Yeah, I'm just me. Wait, wait, hold on. But um, also in that, I saw that when you put your mind to something and you put a plan to it, um, the only person who can stop you is yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, not listening to those those thoughts of insecurity or doubt or worry or comparison, that's something that I truly have to challenge myself because as a newcomer, there were people who, you know, were rising stars who competed in teen and they've been in this organization for so long. And rather than looking at them like, oh my goodness, they deserve this way more than I do. Like they've been in here much longer than I have. God had to remind me, it's not about how much time you put into the organization, but it's just a matter of your purpose and what you want to give to this organization. So it's not a matter of, oh, she's better or you're better. It's just you focus on your path and then whatever happens will happen. And so that was a daily reminder throughout my next year serving as a local title holder everyone's looking oh she's first runner up what she's gonna do and I had to block out those voices and focus on the path before me because it can get very it's very easy to get wrapped up in that and psych yourself out like oh my goodness I didn't do this how I thought I should or how I planned to but it's just a matter of being present in every moment showing up how I want to show up in every moment and making sure that I'm proud of not just the work that I've done, but the places that I've been and what I do during that week. And no matter what happens, I know that I am 100% proud of what I did. And so it was kind of like a Jesus take the wheel moment. I let my hands up um, uh, in surrender. Like this is your year. Whatever happens, happens. 
And I guess he was like, okay, well, what's going to happen is you're going to win. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And now here I am. Um, my last local title was Miss Baldwin County. And that's the title that I won um, Miss Alabama with. And it has been a journey thus far this past seven, almost eight months. Yeah. Yay, I love that. I love that. And I love that you mentioned, um, you know, I'm super new to pageants. I've been only been doing them for like a year and a half. And a lot of times I kind of feel like that too, you know, like, um, man, like these girls have literally grown up in this organization. Like, don't they deserve it more than I do? But that's so true. You know, that's something that you've been working for your entire life, whether you realized it or not before that. Um, and then I just came back from Miss Mississippi orientation this weekend and Vivian, the current Miss Mississippi, she was talking about how she was first runner up the year before she won and um, all the pressure that she faced. And, you know, she was like, there's only one more spot that I haven't um, that I could improve with. So um so, yeah, it's it's interesting to hear you talk about, you know, how you stayed in the right mindset and didn't let, um, you know, your inner voices or the external voices kind of get a hold of you before you competed, because that is one of the hardest parts for sure. It it truly is. And so that's why I say, like, the only person that can hold you back is yourself. It's the the opportunity of choice. You can either choose to listen to those voices and psych yourself out and try to copy what someone else is doing mm -hmm. but when you copy something you oftentimes lose your passion for it and so it feels more like a job rather than a love of something that you're doing but also it just doesn't feel like you because it's not you're copying someone else and it may be working for them but that doesn't mean it may work for you mm -hmm. and so oftentimes you may not you may not go to the places other people have gone you may not know the people other people may know, but if you focus on this is what I want to do, this is the impact I want to have, this is the legacy I want to leave, no one can take that away from you. And it will you will always shine in the time that you're supposed to shine. And so that's something that I want to encourage so many people with saying um that it's never too late to start. Mm -hmm. Um you're never too old to start. You're never too young to make an impact. Um and the world always needs one of you. That's why you're here. And so finding out that purpose, your purpose, your why, um, no one can ever take that away from you. Even if they try, even they, even though they imitate, even though they copy, they will never be you. And so that's something that I had to hold on to. And I still hold on to, to this day, um, as a Miss Alabama, um, what is that legacy I want to leave? And so that's something that to all the newcomers, even to those who are, you know, returning and have skin in the game, you have to remind yourself because, you know, as a newcomer looking at their perspective, they've had so many years in the game. And then this new person just comes in and, oh, my goodness, where did she come from? And I'm like, no, don't look at me in that regards. But I'm just offering a fresh perspective and chasing a goal and a dream just like you. And so when we focus on our own past and look to encourage and cheer people on in their past, that makes the world a much better place in my perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned that, um, you know, before or when your sister sent you um, the packet of information, you were like, okay, I already have a talent, which is usually one of the hangups whenever it comes to girls wanting to start competing or not. Um, so talk to us about your talent. You know, what is it? Um, and then how do you go about choosing, you know, your piece for Miss Alabama and then also your piece for Miss America? 
Yes. So I am a singer. I don't know if you um, can tell from my voice because I probably sound like Barry White or Luther Vandross right now. Excuse me. (laughs) Um, But I am a singer. um, So when I competed for Miss Alabama, I sung Alabaster Box by Cece Winans. Um, It's a gospel song uh, very near and dear to my heart. Um, And then for Miss America, I sung When You Believe by Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. Um, It is a duet, but me and my vocal coach, we worked together to make it into a solo song. So that was very fun. Um, But I've been singing all of my life. I grew up in my church choir. Um, Me and my brother, we would, you know, sing together. And then in uh, middle school and high school, I was in band. And so helping me in my ear in training my ear and knowing the notes, that's something that really helped me hone my skill of singing. Um, but growing up, I never had a vocal coach outside of, you know, my worship team director. Um, if people grew up in church and in choir, you know, they'll tell you, like, they may not have all the technical terms, but they'll tell you, if you're bad, you're bad. <laughs> like, go sit down somewhere. Objective. But... <laughs> yes. Um, and so, um, yeah, getting ready for Miss America, I worked with Chika Matunde. He was one of, he was actually the judge um, who judged me at Miss Alabama. And he reached out to our directors like, hey, if she needs help with her talent, I'm here. And That's so, so nice. I, yes. I was like, I'm definitely taking you up on that offer yeah. <laughs> because this is, you know, a national stage. I never competed or never performed on the stage of this magnitude. And so um, we worked uh, nonstop on choosing songs. Um, And a lot of singers can attest when someone says sing a song, every song you've ever sung just goes out of your head. You can never remember any song. I was, uh, I spent maybe about a month and a half to two months trying to figure out what song I wanted to sing. Cause I didn't want to sing Alabaster Box again, but I wanted something that was still just as musically beautiful, but also message-wise, moving and inspirational. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening to like every song, searching up inspirational movies, listening to Broadways. I'm like, where is the song? I need the song. Because um, I, I was working with different songs and it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't sticking. The vocals weren't right. And I ended up watching The Prince of Egypt, which is one of my favorite childhood movies so nostalgic and at the end of the movie once they if you know about the prince of egypt it's the story of moses but it's in a 2d animation uh, from dreamworks animation uh, company and at the end of the movie they've you know succeeded they're they've crossed the river they cross the red sea and the song starts playing when you believe and i just rise up from my couch and i'm like Ooh. It's the song. Yes. And so I emailed uh, my director and Chicago. I'm like, okay, we're going with When You Believe by Whitney Houston. And they were like, oh, that's such a good song. Yes, let's go. And from that moment, I think that was about in October. Yeah, early October. We submitted our song and we started working on it ever since. And I absolutely love the rendition. I loved what, uh, you know, Chaka did with the um, remix and uh, composing it to have a build and, you know, follow the story of the song. And then, of course, the gown. Oh, my goodness. I love the gown. Um, Our wardrobe sponsor, The Clothes Tree, and Deborah Wiggins worked with Giovanni to design that gown. And it was just 
everything that I wanted and it was perfect. And I was so proud of it. I felt like a million bucks on that stage and performing on a stage where so many music legends have performed just like took my breath away. Um, but in a good way, because I still have my breath to sing. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, that is something that I'm, I love that I've had that opportunity to have. And then even with um, Miss America now having herstory, I'm so glad that there are so many other people who were able to share parts of themselves in ways that they wanted to. So we saw a lot of different talents on stage that not many people saw on the Miss America stage before. And so I'm just grateful to be alongside um, so many women who have like amazing talents and have shown their dedication and their work and their skill. And so that was something that I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm here with 50 other amazing, talented women. And this is going to be so much fun. It's, it was literally like a Miss America's Got Talent. It was like a talent show. And it was so much fun just to cheer them on through practice and see their performances under those big lights. It was just an amazing experience overall. I love that. I love that. And you were talking about your gown. Um, and, you know, we saw you win the preliminary gown award, um, which with your beautiful gown that I'm looking at right now, it's so pretty. And I always love, um, you know, when girls will do like yellow, green, orange, brown, I've seen before. Those are like the colors that nobody really does. And so I love that not only did you do green, but then you won in green. That was just, that was really affirming for me as somebody who is a maximalist and loves like crazy colors. And, um, you know, a lot of times my directors are like extremely stressed whenever I'm like, okay, my thought is like pattern for evening gowns. So it was just fun to see like something different when so talk to us about you know the process of choosing your evening gown how you went about picking your gorgeous green gown yes so this is something that was definitely months and a lot of time um put into so we went with our wardrobe sponsor it was my director and our wardrobe sponsor deborah wiggins from the clothes tree and we went to the atlanta market in Atlanta, Georgia, um, where Giovanni was showcasing a lot of their new wardrobe and a lot of new pieces that they were going to add to their fall and spring collection. And I think we spent maybe like six hours there just wow. trying on so many dresses. Oh my goodness. It like, sounds a little painful. I won't lie. <laughs> yes. Like it was exciting at the very, like the first maybe two hours and then hour three starts to creep in and I'm like, oh up. my goodness. <laughs> yes. I'm like, but it, there was just like, again, just like the song, there wasn't one dress that like just pulled me like I can see myself on the stage. And I was like, what, what? I didn't even have like an idea of what I wanted, which probably would have helped if I had some sort of idea, but I've always been that person when it hits me, it hits me. You're so like, I know I, what I know. <laughs> yeah, I know what I know. So I try not to have like an expectation of like, if this is not the dress, I'm not going to win, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I was open-minded, but I, after trying on so many dresses, I started to get an idea. Okay, mm, I'm not leaning th to this or I'm not leaning to that. And like you said, I'm a maximalist. I love color. I love the dramatics of it, but I also love something that allows me to shine through. And being a tall person, you know, I'm able to pull off some gowns that not many people or, you know, people who are shorter than me can try on or Jealous. can pull off just because. <laughs> <That's not fair. laughs> yeah. 
Yes, well, an advantage to the to that degree, yes, but also um, with my open mindedness and uh, I for maximalist, I try to make sure that I don't go too over the edge because I'm one that I'm like, give me Met Gala and a Wintour, all of the things, right? And um, she pulled this gown, but I believe it was in, I think it was in a pink color. It wasn't in the green color. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it and it starts growing on me. And I did like a little flick of the arm um, piece. It was an embezzled arm piece. And I'm like, this is the dress. This is it. And it was completely different than what I've worn at state because what I wore at state, it still had the same neckline, but it was more structured. Mm -hmm. So I didn't wear a flowy dress. And so this was something that was new, but I was open to And they were just like, oh, yes, just imagine this with some embezzling on the shoulder and the ruching on the hips and on the sides. And it is going to be in Kelly green. And that's where they like drew me in all the way because green is my favorite color. (laughs) Yes. So let's do it. But um, they also um, allowed me to design two dresses for evening gowns. So it was this one, and I had a white dress. It was the same neckline, but it was going to be fully embezzled. Um, why do I keep saying embezzled? What? Embellished. <laughs> embellished, <laughs> yes. Um, embellished and had like, um, it was kind of like, um, I, don't want, I don't want to say wings, but it had a shoulder attachment piece that would have flared out as I walked. And I loved both, but we had our fashion show. We have a Miss Alabama fashion show. So people who may not be able to go to the competition get to I see what that. I wear throughout the week. It's amazing. And so I was showing all of the wardrobe and I showed the green dress. And when I heard the, like in the audience, I'm like, oh yes, that's Noted. the one that I was going for. Yes, this is the dress. But I was still torn between the green dress and the white dress. And so I'm like, okay. I need to choose if I'm going to bring the white one or the green one. And pretty soon, because we had our fashion show um, the week before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's only a month out from Miss America. And I had so many people. My mom came and she was like, oh, my goodness, everything was beautiful. But that green dress, honey. And I'm like, okay, all right, that's opinion number one. And then um, two of my travel companions who go with me to different appearances throughout the state, they called me or actually we had dinner and they were like, we loved those dresses, but that green dress, honey. And I'm like, okay, that's a, a opinion three. And so um, I was packing up and before we were going to pack the Miss America wardrobe, I had a dream and I was in that green dress. And then so it was like that last confirmation. I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm I have bringing to. the green dress. <laughs> I have to, I have to. And lo and behold, I won evening gown preliminary in that green dress. And it just, ah, oh, it warmed my heart. It filled my heart, but it just felt so amazing that the dress that I really wanted, that dress that, you know, was different to be seen on stage in a color that's not usually seen on stage, um, it won. And I was like, oh, this is this is it. This is what I wanted. This I'm so happy. I felt beautiful. I looked beautiful. And, you know, I showed something that was different, not really seen on the Miss, uh, Miss America stage, just letting them know, hey, it's a new day at Miss America. Anything is possible when you put your heart and your mind to it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And as we wrap up, you know, our final question, just talk to us a little bit about, give us a brief synopsis about your platform, your CSI, what you've been doing with it and what your future plans are for it. 
Yes. So my community service initiative is Save a STEM, and it, it focuses on STEM engagement for students of color in underfunded schools. And we work through that with three targets of funding, um, diversity representation, but also curriculum development. Um, this uh, initiative came from my own self uh, inspiration. When I grew up, I was either the only girl in the science clubs or the only African American student in those science clubs. And so from that moment forward, um, it pushed me into a world of advocacy, making sure that what we're learning was representative of the world that we were trying to impact. So if we all have problems with one area, we should always have everyone represented in those solution-making rooms to make sure that we have different cultural perspectives on how this may affect whatever, you know, solution or um, whatever's engineered can affect each community positively, whether that be a female community, whether that be a community with special abilities or communities from different cultures, you know, Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, all those types of areas. Um, but also making sure that the curriculum is progressive and future thinking, where we are allowing students to develop those skills because we can't prepare the, a great future for them, but we can prepare them for whatever future is ahead of them. So when those jobs in, you know, 2030, 2050, 20, you know, 2100, when those jobs become available of, you know, in areas that we can't even fathom at this moment because our technology hasn't been created yet, we can rest assured that those students have the skills necessary to push us to new frontiers of technological advancement. But also in that education, in the development of these students, we want to make sure that the classrooms and the teachers and the school systems have the resources and the materials necessary to uh, make sure that they are, you know, prepared in those areas and prepared with the materials that they need. And so talking to government officials, talking to community leaders to make sure that we are creating funding channels and grants so they can pour money into these organizations, pour money money into their classrooms where they don't have to stress the teacher's bank account or they won't have to shut down after school programs because they just don't have the funds necessary. And so I'm grateful um, in my past two years that I've created those funding channels um, to create a way that community leaders can pour directly into those uh, teachers and into those classrooms and make sure those programs are, you know, um, having the materials necessary, but also coming back the next year and the year after that. Um, I've already published a children's book, and now I'm working on my own curriculum of DIY STEM curriculum cards where they can have that um, real-world exploration and career exploration outside of the classroom. They can do projects at home and have their parents involved. And But then also I do have um, three media series right now where we're connecting Alabama workforce people in STEM careers to the students and to the audiences that are listening so they could give some sort of guidance and advice to those who are looking to start their STEM careers. So I'm very grateful for that work. I'm grateful to um, have that foundation where where I can catapult my professional career um, as I get my master's in education and build upon that to make sure that the work that I'm doing is both fortified and solidified so it can continue to impact the education of the next 12 generations. I love that. I love that. Yeah, you're doing awesome stuff. Uh, well, thank you so much, Bree, for coming on, you know, chatting with us about your year and your experience at Miss America, all the things. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for this um, opportunity just to, you know, share a little bit of myself and my platform and my journey as Miss Alabama. And as you said earlier that you are a new competitor uh, competitor in this organization. So I wish you all the best um, competing for Miss Mississippi. Vivian is an amazing role model, and I know that you guys will have an amazing board to work with. So good luck and Godspeed to all of your endeavors. Thank you so much. And I will see the rest of you guys on our next episode. Bye, y'all.